Welcome to the Dance of Things, a podcast focusing on the people in the swing dance community to share their thoughts, motivations and experiences. Hi, it's Carl. The first episode is something a little different. It's the original pilot from October 2017 with Fanky Jaffe from Birmingham. She was for many years the driving force of Lindy Hop in Birmingham. She was the person who encouraged and inspired me to start dancing and to pursue and share this passion with others. So it seems fitting that she is episode number one. Frankie Jaffe. Welcome to the Dance of Things from Lindy Hop Birmingham, a podcast focused on the people in the swing dance community who share their thoughts, motivations and experiences. This episode, we chat with Frankie Jaffe from Birmingham. So, hello Frankie. Hello. Welcome to the first podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Could you introduce yourself for people that are listening or reading about you? Tell me a little bit about who you are and and what you do that's not dance related. Oh wow. So I'm Frankie, born and bred in Brum and I do, (laughs) well at the moment my life is a little bit tricksy because I have a partner living in Bristol and I'm living in Birmingham and um, I'm having cancer treatment in Birmingham and I'm doing dancing in Bristol. (laughs) So there's kind of lots of things going on that are here and there. I'm a bit nomadic at the moment. A bit nomadic? Yeah. And and rumour has it that you're also in a choir? Yes, yes. I'm in um, the City of Birmingham Choir as well. We meet once a week and we do lovely shows at the Symphony Hall. So you've performed at the Symphony Hall? Yeah, which is amazing, really amazing. And it's lovely to... Because I've been to concerts at the Symphony Hall and watched people in the choir and thought in the past, wow, that would be amazing to be part of that. And then within a year of thinking that, I was part of that, which is really nice. So you, you saw an idea and went for it? Absolutely. Is, yeah. that how, is that how you got into Lindy Hop? Well, actually, I got into Lindy Hop. <laughs> I used to, this is really convoluted, but I used to have really lots of weird food allergies and I used to go to the Friends of the Earth cafe to get all my favourite food and have um, the chef there, Molly, cook me lots of dinners and one day we got quite close because I would always ask her what was in the food she was making me and so we, we developed a bit of a friendship there and one day I saw her walking down the road near where I lived handing out flyers and I said oh you're Molly from the Warehouse Cafe. And she said, oh, hello, you're Frankie, who comes into the Warehouse Cafe. Would you like to come and learn to dance? So I was like, oh, what kind of dancing is it? So um, she told me all about it. And then I went along to my first class that night and loved it. <laughs> and how long ago was that? That was in 2000. So you've been dancing quite a while then. I've been dancing a long, long time. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'm great because I did get to a bit of a... I think when you start dancing, you get pretty good pretty quickly. Yes. You get to a... You, you, like, you have quite a steep, steep getting better curve. And then it can sometimes plateau. And my plateau 
seems to have lasted about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years of a plateau. Which is fine. And that's actually fine because... I'm, You're happy where you are I'm when you're I'm happy where I am. And for a while you taught in Birmingham as well. Yeah, so... So um, how did you get into teaching? So the people that were teaching me were travelling up from Stroud every week to teach. They came to me and said, would you like to have a go at teaching? And I said... It's uh, a big step. I think so. So to start with, I did... Um, I was just assisting, really. So James and Bridget were the teachers, and initially... And I would um, assist James. And then, gradually, gradually, it got to the point where he was saying, I think you could take on the class yourself now. So you did it without James for a while? So I did it without James. Um, and then, over the years then... So I taught for about ten... Well, no, how long did I... Yeah, I taught for about ten years, I think. Well, I know you taught for a long while because it's how I got into dancing. Yes. (laughs) I Um, joined your class and became one of those assistants. Yes. So, yeah, it's been lovely, actually, just going... And I just went through lots of, you know, loads of different people, taught with different partners, taught different things. So initially was teaching, like, jazz jive stuff. Yes. And a bit more modern jive, things like that. And then just got into Lindy Hop and once I started doing Lindy Hop I didn't really look back because it was just so much better than anything else. <laughs> In your opinion of In course. My opinion. <laughs> you enjoyed Lindy Hop much more than the others. Absolutely and I really enjoyed teaching it and there seemed to be a lot to get to grips with and I just found that I, it was easy just interacting with people and making them smile and um, there's a lot of enjoyment from teaching and seeing people smile. Yeah, yeah. And sort of, yeah you know you just feel like you've really accomplished something when you can teach everyone a move and they all leave happy and chatting and practising the move together at the end of the night. It is, really... it is a fantastic feeling, yeah. Yeah, really To nice. see people dance what they've been shown in classes. Yeah. And talking about classes, workshops. Have you done many workshops? I've seen pictures of you in various places with very famous people from the dancing world <laughs> and Lindy Hop. <laughs> <laughs> there is a particular um, picture of you with Frankie Manning at one point. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I have, I have I've never, never taught with Frankie Manning, but um, but he actually taught me my very first Lindy turn. Mm. So I was from, my, from the from the best. Yeah, from the best, best, best. He was the person that taught me my very, very, very first Lindy turn. So I always think, wow, okay. Well, if I can just keep doing it like that, <laughs> I'm doing something right. Um, yeah, you know, I've met, I have met people over the years who have sort of were in fashion and then went out of fashion and then came back into fashion or stayed out of fashion for one reason right, or another. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's, people are just people, and it's nice to they meet, are just people, meet yeah. you know, the teachers and do stuff with them. But everybody yeah. does it for the same reason they enjoy dancing. Exactly. Yes. Um, along that path of going to workshops and and teaching other people, has there been a standout light bulb moment for you that changed the way you dance or influenced it in a very particular way? Probably not one light bulb moment, but whenever I've been to workshops, there are definitely certain people that um, fire me in certain ways. Um, my, my biggest inspiration currently and probably will remain so for a long time um, is uh, Tatiana yes who um, who I first had 
classes from in a I can't even remember what event it was but it was a good few years ago and I remember just thinking she moved so effortlessly and explained it so effortlessly and I just thought yeah I need to try and emulate that in some way and then got home and thought I don't look anything like that <laughs> I'm not emulating that in any way but hey it's something to strive for she does she does teach in a very a very particular way which is I find completely enjoyable she's mesmerizing yeah dancing and just her personality she's very um she's very tangible as well you can really kind of get to grips with what she's teaching and she doesn't really have much of a of a of a wall I I find that quite inspiring in terms of teaching as well and I remember when I did do a lot more teaching I remember trying to make sure that everybody knew that I was just a person just a normal person not a dance teacher and it's good in some ways to be a dance teacher because you do get respect and you know people listen to what you're saying and because you know what you're talking about but in a lot of ways I like to just be like, oh, look, this is just something that we're kind of learning together. And even though I was blatantly teaching people, I think it's nice for people to think that we're discovering something all together as a sort of cohesive thing, <laughs> rather than I tell you what to do and you do it. The joy of Lindy Hop is that it's completely unscripted when you dance it, so yeah. everybody does something different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everything, it's just a variation. It's a var- Everybody's variation, <laughs> yes. Everybody has a variation. You mentioned earlier that you've been dealing with the illness. How has that affected your dancing? And especially working or dancing across two scenes in Birmingham and in Bristol? Well, so I was was dancing in Bristol, just going down to the Bristol Swing Festival for a few years uh, before I met my current partner, and then when I met him, I, I suddenly started doing a lot more dancing in Bristol. And then about a year after that, I was diagnosed with um, with cancer, which which did actually kind of halt quite a lot of dancing quite suddenly, which was hard because it was very much... I sort of very much identified myself as a Lindy Hopper, And then when I couldn't do the Lindy Hopping, it was quite hard to still identify as an Lindy Hopper. And being out of the scene was difficult, was really difficult. And I was really poorly a couple of years ago. And and it was was really hard to, to not actually be able to do the dancing. Or if I ever could, to have to dance with people that I knew and trusted that knew my situation. To take care, to look after yourself. Exactly. To, to enjoy being in the, yeah, and in the dance of, scene and at a social, but yeah. knowing that there were limitations to exactly. what you could do. And, so, and, you know, and it was important to be able to say to people, you know, stay close to the edge, we might need to stop at any moment, you know, please don't take offence, this is just where I am. And for the most part, you know, people... People are great, you know, and people in the Lindy scene were fantastic. And it really was like a big family, really, in Bristol. They were all just there with open arms waiting for me to come back down and 
do some more dancing. Do some more again. dancing and just wait for you to energy levels to pick back up and yeah. and to just be part of the bigger scene. Exactly. And you know, and most of my, you know, social media feed is is people that I dance with and have met through the dance scene either in Birmingham or in Bristol. So there's a lot of Lindy Hop on there's my social media. And and that's nice because when I'm not doing it, I'm still involved in it and I know what's going on and, you know, and so... You're like, never very far away from it. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And that's and that's good to know for future as well, you know, wherever I am. There's always a Lindy Hop scene, wherever you are. You there know, is. So. There's one not very far away from everybody. To a greater or lesser extent as well. So as much or as little as I need to do, I can do. And are there any similarities or... Big differences between the scene that you saw in Birmingham and your current scene in Bristol? Well, the scene that I saw in Birmingham was really just when I was teaching. And at that time, there weren't many other teachers teaching. No. <laughs> um, so it was quite small when I was when I was teaching in Birmingham. And what I did see was that it was a lot bigger in Bristol at that time. And now it's, you know... It, it, the scene in Birmingham has, Birmingham has exploded has quite. Exploded. And for a long time, the scene in Bristol was all quite cohesive. There was, was one, you know, there were a couple of different organisations, but there was like a main one that everybody sort of was part of. I think naturally that sometimes doesn't always work for a long, long time and people want to do different things. And it is so difficult to maintain that kind of cohesive scene yeah. in a business environment. It is, it is. And once people start wanting to do different things, then that becomes the element of friendly competition and, you know, and, you know, everyone tries to big up everyone else and, but it can get a bit tricky. can get a bit tricky. It at can some, get a bit tricky, yes. At some points. But when it is cohesive and when everyone is in and just doing all the same thing and you just know that when someone says, oh, there's a band playing here, let's go and dance, and it doesn't matter who's going from where, to, you know, it's just lovely. It's, it's really there is a really There is a nice sense of community within in the Birmingham scene where I currently am, that if we're going to a dance, there's always a car full. Yeah. There's always an offer of a lift. Yeah. And so... Definitely. And, and not necessarily just to local events. No. People are prepared to drive quite a long way to go to socials. Definitely. Especially, I mean, when I started teaching in Birmingham, there, were, there weren't any socials in Birmingham. So if you wanted to go anywhere to social dance, you had to travel down the M5 yes. and go, you know, <laughs> any of the stops along the way, Worcester, Cheltenham, Gloucester, Staverton, Bristol. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, the, the, we are very fortunate that we live in the middle. Yeah. And we can go in any direction and find a dance that's only... Half an hour, 40 minutes away. Definitely. That is nice. So, for people in the dance scene, and particularly people who are new to this scene, what would be your top tip, your best bit of advice once they join this little community? Apart from practice, practice, practice. Yeah, practice, practice, practice. But also, if you can get out and about and experience different teachers and different styles than do because everybody teaches Lindy Hop differently and I remember when I was first learning I really just learnt with one set of teachers and then I was really surprised later when other people taught things in a different way and I felt a little bit disloyal learning things in a different way and then I realised oh 
everyone in the world kind of teaches a little bit differently and puts their own spin on spins <laughs> and things. And so I think it's important, as important as it is to dance with lots of different people, I think it's important to to be taught by lots of different people and find the style of teacher that that, that is right for you. Because everybody teaches, you know. Everybody teaches slightly differently. And there are, and and having seen lots of different scenes, there are lots of different styles. The style in one city is different to another. Mm, and and especially across borders and continents, there are very very different styles. Yeah. And find the one that suits you best is absolutely yeah and you know and don't be don't don't feel like you have to do things in a certain way you know you can do things and sort of put your own slant on them and become an individual and it's still dancing within, <laughs> within the little scene exactly become an individual become an individual yeah that's a very good tip as a dancer and, and as a person in this community what would you say is the biggest waste of time to becoming either a better dancer or a part of this community? What is what is what wouldn't you focus on? That's a very difficult question. Oh, that's a really <laughs> difficult question. What's the biggest waste of time? Well, I think it's completely individual choice, but for me. You know, I've never been one for particularly dressing up in <laughs> vintage <laughs> I, I was stuff. just thinking the, the, the fashion and the the vintage scene. For me, that is a total waste of time. Although I see it and I see it done really well and I see just girls doesn't... looking beautiful and boys looking amazingly dapper. Um, it's just never been, uh, it's never been a priority for me. Um, for me, I just want to be comfy and... To dance well, but yes, not necessarily the, the, the style of yeah. uh, the thirties and forties isn't necessarily the thing that makes you want to dance. Really. Dancing makes you want to dance. Absolutely, that exactly that, Carl. <laughs> exactly that. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for all of those little insights into your journey and the, the difference between the two scenes. Thank you for your time. It's been a, an interesting conversation. It's been lovely. Thank you very much. <laughs>